listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All are current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. So Gerard, I didn't hear any type of seizure activity from you or grunts or groans or nothing. Oh, I cringed. <laughs> it, it was a visible cringe. Yeah, well, you know what? Hopefully soon we'll be visible to see your cringes and then it'll that would be, be nice. Yeah. It'll be in even fact, more I probably hilarious. could have made it today, but I didn't have enough Brandon in my gas tank. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's funny you say that because I went to Stewart's to fill up my uh, my little like two and a half gallon can yeah. just so I could fill up my tractor to mow my lawn. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I could fill up my tank, but I'm not going to. Right. Yep. Like, screw that. I could make it a couple more days. By then, it'll yeah. be like 515. So who the fuck yeah, cares? 509 now. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's miserable. Absolutely fucking miserable. But anywho, so. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode today, Gerard, because Kelsey is not here. She's out doing her medical oh, wow. internship with the, uh, the Fostinator and, Ooh. um, yep. And Emily is not here because she is working today and this was the only day that you and I could get together. So reluctantly, I have brought I can't back, believe she chose money over this. You know, it's true. You know, how savage of her. In the, right? you know, it's just not very fair. selfish. It is very selfish, especially to make us have to deal with my least favorite person on the planet right now. Kelly, 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 um, but uh, it's it because a picture of Woody Harrelson pops in my head. I'm like, up, oh, yep, yep, yep. Slow, absolutely perfect. But uh, we're also joined with uh, two very special guests. Ariel's here, uh, who has been on the show before, both on Patreon and on the free show. And you brought a very special guest, didn't you? Yes, I did. I brought with me my boyfriend Greg, who is also a paramedic. Yay! So Yay. Greg is uh, a fan of the show. You've been listening for. Quite a while. That's the beginning. It's so far long ago. Like that's Dude, the scary I just, part. I just thought of it. We need to have a theme song for when we're status paramedicus. <laughs> Dude, yeah, right. You know. So I, I didn't even think about it. I I have You've the, got a badass over here. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, typically it's it's Emily's you know thing to shut her up about EMT badasses, but you know we'll use it for us today. Um. So yeah. So reluctantly i am going to hand over the rig check to none other than kelly today and then we're gonna get started yep i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it it's gonna be fabulous kelly do your rig check since kelsey's not here and then we'll do the call (sighs) Really? <laughs> really? Fascinating. 
Oh, no shit, Finland. All right, cool. <laughs> we love Finland. <laughs> Scroll. So... <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, Kelly. everybody got all that? The uh, the website and yep, where to find us? Good. Oh, it was... Kelly, that was absolutely perfect. You get a... Stunning. You get a ka-ching for that one. She nailed it. She did. Yeah. You know, she always nails it. Um... Typically on her back, though, but it's okay. So, <laughs> anyhow. Oh! oh. Damn! <laughs> so, <laughs> my, my Italian came out for a second. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, let's... Practicing fouls. <laughs> so, uh, let's dive right into this call review. So, your guys' system. Uh, today's call takes place in a rural district. Uh, which is covered by a town ambulance service that staffs its rigs with numerous levels of providers, uh, from EMT basics to intermediates to paramagicians. Uh, during this call, however, their rig was staffed with two intermediate providers. Uh, due to the ALS, we're going to say ALS light nature of, uh, of this you know, crew, a second ALS level agency in the, next, uh, the neighboring town is used if they don't have any paramagicians on. So this ALS agency is staffed with a paid paramedic and know. a paid EMT. Yeah, I don't know. If they're, if they're both intermediates, I don't think it's necessarily light. I think it's more like, uh, like, like diet ALS. <laughs> <laughs> so one you know? is light, two is diet. I like it. Yeah, it's not ALS zero. You know, so that's it's, true. It's light. You know, it's, it's diet. There you, know? you go. Uh, so hospitals in the area, there are two within the immediate area, a local critical access hospital, approximately 12 minutes from the scene and a trauma slash cardiac center, approximately 40 minutes away from the scene. So you guys are being dispatched priority one or a Delta priority to a local Apple processing facility for a 57 year old male who is found to be unconscious. Both agencies are dispatched to the scene. So the intermediate level agency and then the ALS level agency. So Do they sell so, pie there? What was that? Do they sell pies there? You know, I don't know, but who no. knows? Maybe that, they that would change the whole dynamic of the call. It would. It yeah. definitely would. Yeah. So, well, because, like, you know, one person can take care of the patient. The other person can go get the pie for later. Yeah. But yeah. apparently, yeah. in management, we can't order things if we go to businesses. It's <laughs> frowned upon. So, yeah, we're already there. I can't order. What's the point? I, I feel like you're uh, you're tossing like a shoot promo here. Like something is angering you. <laughs> <laughs> one of my order that day. Because <laughs> here I'm thinking like pie. I'm thinking you know the rock going pie. La 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 la. Like that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like we're gonna go get some pie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I was sitting there, funny story, it, it, this is just becoming a wrestling slash EMS show. It's guaranteed <laughs> to happen. But anywho, so I was sitting there having a conversation with Jess at one point, and uh, she had brought up, like, pie. And I was like, yeah, poontang pie. And she's <laughs> like, what? And it completely just went over her head, had absolutely no idea. And I was like, I I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Just, just, um, just blame me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's all fault. It's joke. Um, yeah, so, uh, so if you guys are the ones being dispatched to this type of call, like what are the things that you're thinking about initially driving to the scene? But then how does this particular sort of scene, like a processing type facility, like a, a you know, a factory type place, 
How does that bring up any type of concerns in the back of your mind that you're going to have to deal with? I mean, right off the rip, I'm thinking it could be some kind of chemical leak that we don't know about, yeah. especially with it being at a, you know, a big facility. Um, something definitely could have leaked out. Would, one of the things I would want to do is if anybody else is presenting with similar symptoms, just kind of get a, a scene safety aspect of it. Right. Yeah, because, like, who knows how many employees are there? Why is one person unconscious? Next thing you know, you have an MCI of 70. Yeah. It's like, and that's going to be fun. And we're at risk, too. So I'd definitely find out if there's any possible, like, leaks that could be, you know, happening as soon yeah. as we got there. Absolutely. I think I would think, where is this person located? Hello? You're still there. Oh. Oh, something's going on with this damn thing. Oh. My bad. I didn't hear it. He, so he more or less said uh, MCI... Chemical, chemical stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I heard oh, all that. Okay. But uh, yeah, kind of crapped out a little bit there oh, at I'm the sorry. end. Are you playing your flight simulator? Reason. No, wait, I don't think it was him. I think it was He's totally whatever. playing his internet. He, he definitely is. <laughs> he definitely is. Yeah. I just heard tower control in the background. Right. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Uh, so you were saying, Ariel? Oh, uh, where is this person located? What kind of equipment am I going to need to get to them? Are they, if it's a factory, are they inside of the factory? How do we navigate through it? Um, if it's a factory, like what type of machinery do they have there? Is it going to be easy to get the ambulance back to wherever we need to go? Um, and how long it would take to get the person out of wherever they are if they're not just in an open field? Right. Right. This isn't going into a residence. Like, how do we even have access? Like, are we walking in through the front door? Or are we walking in through an access door, like a bay door? Like, okay, so exactly. A, how how are we going to extricate out? Is it safe for us to even be in? It's a different type of scene size up there. It than, really than is. what we're normally used to. Yeah. Even maybe, like, considering, like, maybe crowd control. Like, I don't know yeah. what yeah. kind of facility yeah. this is, how many people I, are going to be there. There's going to be a lot of employees. So yeah, that's a good point. You would think, right? Do they have, and if it's a large facility, some like, you know, big facilities like that even have medical staff on scene. Yeah. Are they rendering some type of care or something before we even get there? Um, so during the response, both units are updated that the patient has stopped breathing and CPR instructions are now being given through dispatch. About four minutes later, the units are still en route to the scene, but County comes back on and updates the units that an AD was applied and one shock has been delivered. So knowing the updated information, how does your preparation go in medically? We're still thinking about all the scene size-up aspects, but now how does your medical thoughts go in from unconscious to now CPR to AED to shock being delivered. And can we just confirm the patient's age? Uh, 50 something. 50. Stand by. Hold on. 57. Okay. Well, one of the things I was thinking of uh, going in on our way was it, it could this have been a trauma? Um, you know, did they walk head into a forklift or did a forklift run over them? You know, something, something like that. Yep. That's uh, an industrial place. So, you know, is this a medical arrest or is this a trauma arrest? Right. Absolutely. Did some some kind of weird accident happen? And, hey, look, they're laying on the floor. But, you know, you know, Joe Bob driving the freaking forklift is just, you know, fat, dumb and happy with the, you know, fresh uh, marks on his tires. Yeah, no, it's it's, you know, and I was even thinking, you know, what type of processing do they do there? Like, is this, you know cutting, scoring, you know, chopping up, like, is this trauma related in the course of like, maybe he got 
a finger chopped does off. Does he have an arm? Like, does he have an <laughs> arm? And now he had a sudden loss of blood and went unconscious from that or whatever, you know? Yeah, because you can't always rely on what dispatch tells you. We, right. We know that. So. Right. So um, any thoughts from you in the in the new? Just thinking about all the equipment I got to bring in now. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, this is, where can I fit my stretcher? Because the yeah. stretcher's going in with me at this point. Yeah. Like, it's guaranteed. Um, so the, uh, the crew of intermediates, uh, arrive on scene and they grab their, uh, their, what we're going to say is ALS light bag, uh, their cardiac monitor, their first in bag, and they enter the facility with their stretcher. They, so one thing that they didn't bring that I was, they, bingo, right? Um, Mm -hmm. so they enter the facility. Yep, they're they're led in the facility, um, and uh, they're brought onto the factory floor by another employee who meets them at the door. During the walk, they're told uh, by that employee that the male was working on the facility floor when other workers saw him collapse. They attempted to wake him up by shaking him, and nothing happened. Um, this is when they attempted to find a pulse and could not find one. Bystander CPR was started, and the manager ran for the AED. Um, The crew finally gets to the actual factory floor, and if you can picture it, there are three, like, gargantuan machines, uh, one one in the middle and then two flanking it, that are almost 50 feet in length lining the room. Um, and the noise in this facility is legit deafening from what I was told. So, like, you cannot hear yourself talking out your own mouth. It's that loud. Now, does it sound more like gears operating or more of a voltage sound? No, this is, like, machinery, machinery operating. Going. Okay. Yep. Um, so Can we shut it down? So, no one actually does. This just keeps on running. I don't know if this was one of those types of situations where you could have. I don't know. But they don't fix the noise issue. Um, So they walk over to where the male is laying on the floor, and he's surrounded by workers. And when they finally get through all the workers, they find them awake, eyes open, breathing fast. So now what do we do? We can't hear. Apparently, this guy was in cardiac arrest, at least what we think was cardiac arrest, and now he appears that he's awake and alive. Or was he passed out, and they thought he was cardiac arrest, so they thumped on him, and he ended up coming back anyway from whatever reason put him down, you know? And then when they were thumping, they they picked him up as a shockable rhythm. Right. Did they analyze the, you know, is the shockable rhythm the analyzation of the CPR, or is it they stopped... And they actually Probably did it right. Like, yeah. Right. You when know? they shocked him, did he say, ow? <laughs> so I can actually answer that, that question. No. He did not oh. have any response other than the typical flinching of, you know, muscle, yeah. you know. Twinge. Right. The so I call it. Uh, fasciculations. Yeah. yeah. That's the word I was looking for. And I got that one out without a buzzer. Bingo. Look at the big brain of bread. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like what are you, there's, there's a lot to be thinking of. Like I've walked on arrests that were arrests and then I walked there and I'm like, this is not an arrest. Stop that. Like this is, you're there after all the fun happens. Like 
what you know, was there a rhythm that changed? Is he actually like? There's a lot of questions at this point. So the uh, we're gonna call him the lead intermediate. Realizes that they can't do a proper assessment or interview in a room where they can't even hear themselves speaking. So the crew makes the motions, like the hand motions for him to get up and like move over to the stretcher. So like get up, move over there. So. Okay. Yeah. So Ariel, you're giving me a terrible look. I don't like that. Wow. I don't like that. You're good now, right? I don't like that at all. <laughs> you're good. You're good, right? Yeah. You're, you're fine. You're, sure. Right. Sign here. Press hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the male stands up without issue. Begins to take a few steps, but when he does, he stumbles a few times like he's losing his balance to the point where employees and the other intermediate have to catch him. And then with all those hands, you could have just carried him. Right. You absolutely could have just carried him. Right. So. And you said he was working to breathe while he was on the ground. So I'm sure that that. So it's right. It says that he's breathing fast. It doesn't say, you know, how fast or how labored that, you know, to is, but he's breathing fast, you know. Um, so let's, you know, and my theory and thought process is why are we making the guy who was allegedly just shocked and in cardiac arrest work walk. hard yeah. and walk? Right. Like, that just sounds like a terrible idea. So we, we need, we need a theme song for laziness, <laughs> you know, <sighs> you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I think I will work on that one. I will totally work on that one. Um, so they they finally get him over the stretcher without having him hit the floor, which is a good thing. They secure him to the belts, and uh, they begin to move out of the facility. Now, as, again, use your, use your imaginations here. As they're moving uh, through this facility, his eyes shut, and he becomes unconscious again. However, neither crew members actually notices this of because course. one of them is walking away <laughs> from him, and one right. of them is walking behind him, with the head right. up, so they yeah, can't actually they can't see. see. Yeah. Nobody right? put them on a monitor. Nobody nope. did anything. Right? Nobody yeah, put them on anything. Yet. Nope. No vitals. No nothing. Right. So he becomes unconscious again. They don't know until they're outside, and they flip him around to put him in the in the back of the rig, and they're like, "Oh, look, he's not conscious. Sweet." So they put him in the back of the truck, and then both intermediates get into the back of their ambulance. They immediately go and they do a pulse check and they find no pulse present. Oh Lord. So there's hmm, also, how long did it take to get out there? I was going to yeah, say five to seven. Say yeah. Probably. At least right. You're thinking five yeah, to like, 10 ish. Right. Um, so they, they could always use the nursing home line. Well, he was fine five minutes ago. <laughs> oh right. We just got a blood pressure. Right. Uh, there's lividity. Right. No, you didn't. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, we just saw him walking. I, right. <laughs> they were fine in the chair in the hallway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, they uh, they attempt to find a pulse, find none. There's no breathing present, and he is fully unconscious, unresponsive. So the secondary intermediate begins manual CPR, and the primary intermediate like has to rip off the uh, the AED pads that are actually on him because they don't fit their monitor. So they rip them off. They place their own AED pads. Um, 
the cardiac monitor's turned on. It's set right into AED mode, and uh, they analyze shock is advised. They charge, deliver one shock. Why are you seething over there? You're I'm you're just, being like Emily here. Like, she's usually looking. twitching in the corner and like seething and looking at me like, Starting why are sweat. you keeping to talk? <laughs> like, stop it. I hate this. Yeah, this is like mortifying right now. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> I would be lying to everybody if, if I said I didn't, I was never on a scene like this. Like, we've all been yeah. on scenes that happen the same way. Just like, oh, man, they were in arrest, and now they're not, and now they are, and yeah. everything goes fucking bonkers. Yeah. Right? But I can honestly say I've never had somebody that was in arrest that came out of arrest, and I said, hey, let's stand up and walk. That's 100% accurate. Yep. Str- stretch it out. Even, you know? even if it's just a reeve straight up to the stretcher, you know. And like, right. I, it's right. and like I understand, like, you can't do an assessment in there because it's loud. But if you have a long walk back to the ambulance and this patient was just unconscious and he was defibrillated, just put a four lead on, a pulse ox, something I mean, so that you can yeah. see everything that's personally, happening as you're walking. I would get a first set. Personally, I would get a first set, even like if it he, is loud, just to get that baseline of what well, we're and, at. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But here's the other thing, too. <clears throat> now, this goes back to my I don't know what the intermediates were able to actually do in terms of cardiac monitoring. So like here in New York state, they're not allowed to use a four liter or 12 lead as a, as an a, like an AEMT intermediate, mm-hmm. they can use the AD mode. They can do all of their shocks and stuff like that, but putting on the leads and going, Oh, that's a normal sinus rhythm is not in their, in their scope. Well, at, so, well, at the very least slap your pads on and have your monitor ready to go. Well, Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm, again, I'm not defending what they did, but one of the things that just literally popped into my brain was they had a conversation with the employee who brought them into the facility while walking through the facility until they got to the to the actual operation floor. Why couldn't they just stop in the hallway and do all their stuff there? Right. Yeah, right. 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 yeah I mean, like, like I said, my, my purpose you was to shut the machines hear, down. Yeah. Or, yeah, but, hey, shut the machines off for 10 minutes. But, yeah, get to a place where you can talk. Right. Instead of, oh, no, we can't do anything in this building. We got to make it outside. I think that right. was a, we can't that do was a, anything in this building. We can't take a set of vitals. We can't do anything. Right, right. I think yeah. they, there was severe lack of planning right. there. And you can, you can you, he, they could have taken a manual uh, BP and they could have taken a, a you know, palpated pulse. I'll say, yeah, pal- yeah, I'm big yes, on palpated, could, especially when we're moving, you know. Well, and you that's really it. can't hear that well, but palpated, you can feel that pulse stop and go. So. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but with the BP, with the manual BP, we all know how to count ticks, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, and when at the least, thing stops ticking, and when the thing stops ticking, there right. you go. At least it's it'll it'll something. get you in the ballpark. Bingo! Exactly. You know. So they uh, they have this shock advised. They charge. They deliver one shock. So now they're up to two shocks. Yeah. I believe, right? Yeah, Two shots. First one yeah. before we got there. Yep. So the uh, the primary uh, the primary intermediate then places him on 15 liters per minute oxygen via the non-rebreather mask, and then moves to place an IO in the left tibial plateau, uh, where they get some aspiration of marrow, uh, but not like a full complete saline well. Did we even try for an IV? Nope. Just went straight to the IO. Okay. Uh, 
they uh, they choose to go like you know they choose to go with that IO site um, and not try for the IO or not try for like another IO or IV or anything like that. Uh, but they also choose not to secure it down with any type of like tape or commercial device or anything. So they just, just leave it out hanging. Go, yeah. Um, they do connect the thousand bag of normal saline spiked with 10 drop set, and then they secure it to the IO with the pressure infuser that they have. So awesome for that. So then they're still doing CPR and, uh, time for the next rhythm check rolls around. Yep. Yep, you're mortified. It's okay. You're allowed to be. And um, they stop to let the monitor analyze. Another shock is advised. So they charge and they deliver a second shock. Um, so we were calculating shocks. I wrote it in here. Apparently there were two shocks given prior to EMS being there. And now this oh, is okay. two so for three. them. So this is four. Four total. This is four, oh, four. total. Yes. Two EMS, two pre-arrival. Correct. Gotcha. Um, so they, del- they charge, they deliver this fourth shock, two for EMS. Uh, the crew switches providers, and CPR is, again, continued. Um, the, uh, the secondary intermediate then goes and administers the first epinephrine through the IL, one milligram to one to 10,000. So did we get two more shocks in before we gave the epi? So you got two shocks before you gave the epi, yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so at this point in time, the paramedic truck arrives on scene. Uh, the medic grabs their monitor, airway bag, ALS bag, and enters the other crew's ambulance. Uh, a report's given by the primary intermediate, uh, who's doing CPR at this point, And, uh, they pause and do the initial rhythm check for the medic. Cause the medic's like, Hey, I want to see what we're dealing with right now. So they pause no shocks advised on uh, on the analyzation. Quick question. I, I may have missed it. Yep. Did anybody ever secure the airway and bag this guy? Nope. Yeah. No, there's I, a non-rebreather non- 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 right. on his face. Yeah. Oh, well, that. Yeah, that, that, that works. That's why I'm I was going to bring yeah. that up once he finished that the non-rebreather yeah. is probably like eight minutes in. We should have been bagging a lot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The LPA. Right? Yeah, this is like, coded. oh, yeah, they're fine. Just let it, let it go down their throat. It's fine. Or like a, like we discussed previously one day, uh, you know, the uh, bihemispheric oxygenation, just stick it in his ass. You totally could, 100%. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I still haven't made the sticker for that. You get the same result. A- absolutely. <laughs> I'll take two of those. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to pay double for that kind of action. <laughs> so, uh, so the medic and the primary EMT uh, or primary intermediate uh, check for a radial and a carotid, and they find he has both at this Yay. point. So, now get up and walk over to the paramedic truck. <laughs> With your nine degree they're on. Right. Yep. right. <laughs> so, so what are your guys' thoughts with how this is going so far? Like, how is this call progressing? And in your guys' opinion, like, where does the immediate focus need to be going forward from here? I would definitely Ross. say secure in that airway. Um, you know, yeah. we do have Rosk, however, what's his mental status like? We don't want him to recode because he goes re hypoxic if that was the issue. Right. How about and, a full assessment? And yeah. we don't even know what rhythm 
this guy's been in for the entirety of this because yeah. it's been AED mode. So we yeah. have we, we can assume that there've yeah, been shockable the, rhythms. The but medic's checking and he's got a pulse now. So right, we have no idea. Like he could be still in a VTAC. It's just pulsed. Yeah, you know we don't know. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think airway concerns definitely full. You know, cardiac and you know full assessment is. Yep. It needed to be done 20 degrees. minutes ago. Yeah. You know? Yep. Right. Full s- vitals haven't even been done yet. I don't think that. Like, nothing. The, before the medic truck got there, um, either one of the intermediates really had set tasks that they were doing. Like, it wasn't clear what each person was really doing. It seemed like one person was kind of working on some of these tasks, but the other person really was only doing CPR. Right. And it just all over the place. Yeah. I definitely think somebody uh, somebody needs to be the voice where, like, you do this, you do this, dictate those roles. Or at yeah. least maybe in a, a different order of, of things. Yeah. Like, we're going to, you know, yes, like, we, we need to secure an airway. Let's see where his mental status is. Let's get a full set of vitals. Yeah. You know, like, let's get him on the four lead, the 12 lead. Let's get a blood pressure. Let's see what his end title is, all this type of stuff. Yeah. So the uh, the medic tells the uh, intermediate crew that we're going to start getting going with the transport. Like, let's start boogieing. So the medic's EMT gets into the truck and will transport with the medic and one of the intermediates. Um, so now you have an intermediate, a medic, and an intermediate in the back of the truck. Uh, and then the other intermediate drives to the cardiac center approximately 40-ish miles or 40-ish minutes away. So as they're leaving, the medic connects them to uh, the ALS cardiac monitor and switches over the AED pads because they're compatible. The initial four lead uh, EKG shows a sinus tack uh, with a rate of 129. Uh, The EMT then begins to obtain baseline vital signs, which, awesome. Thank God somebody is finally doing it. Uh, they return as blood uh, blood pressure via the autocuff of 155 over 69. Mm. A respiratory rate, of, yeah, a respiratory rate of 12 and shallow. An SpO2 of 97 percent, still on that 15 liters. Um, and it worked. Yep. Yeah, I mean, now it's, I would now say it's okay. Is. I would say it's okay now. It is now. Who knows what it was when they were <laughs> yeah. hypoxic and dead, right? Oh, it could have yeah. been 70. Who knows? Um, so the medic, you know, gets right in there and begins their first assessment of this guy. So they find that his mental status is beginning to improve slightly. Uh, he's starting to respond to voices and opening up his eyes while kind of like reaching out aimlessly with his arms. Um, airway appears clear, no fluid or debris is noted within the airway. Breathing is shallow, but seems as though it's return. Uh, return. I'll, I'll myself there you go. Thank you. Uh, returning to normal in like depth, so it's not so shallow. Um, no bleeding is noted. He is pale and extremely diaphoretic, and no trauma is noted anywhere to the body. I definitely want to get okay. a twelve lead pretty quickly. At this yes, point. I'm thinking more. Twelve lead in a PG, please. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. So the EMT is right with you guys. They connect the 12-lead cables and run the first 12-lead. So when you're looking at it, it returns as AFib, 
on the monitor, no longer sinus tack, but an AFib at a rate of 136. Um, ST segment <laughs> elevations are noted as follows. Two millimeters in lead one, one millimeter in lead two, two millimeters in AVL, six millimeters in V2, seven millimeters in V3, six millimeters in V4, three millimeters in V5, one millimeter in V6, and ST depressions are noted in three and AVR. So almost global. So, right. So even so, AVL was actually elevated then, huh? AVL was elevated two millimeters, yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So what are you guys dealing with here, and then how are you guys specifically going to proceed? Because, I mean, we have global elevations, yeah. you know, the only... Well, this is obviously... Obviously, this is a UTI. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. All the signs point right to it. Right? It's all. It's obvious. It's, it's plain, plain as day. I mean, that's it, guys. See you next month. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all done. We're good. Gerard <laughs> fixed it. On the next episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you're looking at, you know, lateral wall involvement. You're looking at anterior involvement. You're looking at septal wall involvement. You know, you're looking at a large percentage, especially with, I mean, you're looking at seven and six millimeters just in your anterior walls, you know, um, alone. Like that's, that's big. 80%. Now my my question, question right now is how patent is that IO? And number two, have we started any post Rosk, uh, care? No. Medication wise, calling a doc, whatever. No, what you know is what I've told you. Which is what they've done. And what was his okay. mental status? Returning to normal. Okay. So eyes are starting to open up on verbal commands. And like I said, his <coughs> hands are kind of reaching up and starting to grab stuff, but not really purposefully at this point. Okay, so not 100% there. No. Yet. Okay. No. Um, You're would, deep in thought. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we're obviously dealing with a blockage in the heart. Um, so I would I don't think he's he's his mental status is good enough to have him start aspirin, but I think I would definitely start going down the morphine route with the hypertension, start getting some of that workload off of the heart. Maybe if he can yeah. tolerate. I don't know if I would go with nitro because of the severity of the elevations throughout. Yeah, I might talk to a doc before that, but I would definitely get some morphine on board to take some of that workload is off, get the blood pressure yeah. a little lower. Is he able to? Talk? I like it. No. Not at this yeah, point. So I want to give aspirin if he can't even you know, yeah. swallow. I always have patients swallow three times, and if they can do that, then they can have the aspirin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great – I don't even do that. That's a, yeah. I've never heard of anybody making people yeah, – Swallow, yeah, wait a few seconds, that's awesome. swallow again. So yep. that's how I, I kind of judge if they can tolerate yeah. more medications or not. I like that. You know, and, and with something this big, we have to kind of plan out our next eight steps. Yeah. Like, they've coded twice. Now we see why, right? I'm sure there was some hypoxia that caused a V-fib or a V-tac of some sort that was shockable, and then they go, oh, okay. We've already seen the progression from, you know, sinus tac to an irritable AFib, you know? Um, So we really have to be not just thinking, like, okay, we're going to give our aspirin, our nitro, our, you know, our type of like Mona protocol. But like Gerard brought up, 
where's like amiodarone and where's yeah, yeah. post rost medications and How like, about some fluid? Do we have well we have fluid going. We have we oh, do you have do. fluid going okay. through the IL. Um gotcha. but we don't have any type of like, you know, post rosk presser. We don't like nothing is prepared. I mean, we really in senses of that. We really didn't know the initial rhythm. I mean, if we knew they were in VTAC right off the rip, absolutely amio their own drip too. Right, but at the same time, right. right, we don't know, but can we assume we can, because yeah. he's been shocked four times? Yeah, I mean that's the only assumption that I we agree. can we can have I agree. in that sense. Um, so, are we? What are we doing with airway right now? Do you guys want to secure it? Do you want to just leave it go? How? So he said he's, his mental status is increasing. He's grabbing at things. How is his respirations and what is his SpO2? And is there a BLS airway in place? Yeah. No BLS airway. We can consider maybe an MPA. You know, if he's still eyes are kind of closed, slowly responding. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm I think that's. A, I'm big on MPAs. Me too. We Love them. We have Entitle on. Nope. So yeah, Entitle. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a you big one. suck. Yeah, <laughs> I think he did mention that a while ago, but I don't think we actually I think, said like, it. I think like right now, at like this point, I'd be sitting there like, "What else can I do? Can I like dry him off?" Yeah, because I don't. I right. Don't, I just I feel like I would already already had that stuff on. <laughs> you would. These guys don't, and I think this medic is trying to play catch up too. Right. You know, from from all this, but. But, yeah, so, like, respiratory rates in the low, you know, 12 to 14 range. SpO2 is still 97 on that non-rebreather, the last that we know. Um, you know, so they're not awful. Right. You know, it's not like he's breathing at 6, you know, and we got to do something. Um, I'm in that boat of, I think, a BLS airway, like an NPA, is very intelligent at this point. Would I intubate this guy? Not I right now. I don't think so. No. Uh, if my wife was here, she would be like, you're going to intubate this guy. <laughs> but I don't always agree with when she intubates certain patient populations. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it right now just based on everything we just went through. Exactly. Exactly. I, I kind of want to hold what I got. Right. You, you know? This guy's holding a 155 blood pressure. Like, in 10 minutes, is he going to be in the 60s? We don't know. Right? right. And then I give him you know, all of my drugs for RSI, and now I plummet his pressure because, you know, we right. always give Atomidate and sucks. So 100%, we would not have dropped his pressure. So and why do we give it? Because <laughs> it's easy to do. There you go. Yep. So uh, brought to you by the folks at Matt Damon. Um, so Matt Damon. <laughs> so the, uh, the intermediate transmits the 12 lead to the hospital. And then calls the hospital to speak with the MD to inform the ER that they're like they will be arriving shortly. Uh, the ER goes, "Cool, awesome, we got it. Yep, looks like a STEMI. Proceed directly to the cath lab. Sweet." So, Shitty. couple couple minutes goes by, and the medic is now awake and beginning to speak to providers. Um, the medic instructs the EMT to administer at this point the four eighty one milligram aspirin. Uh, and the the intermediate to get out the nitro spray because they're going to go down the whole nitro path. So yeah. medic then places um, a 18-gauge IV to the left AC successfully. 
Um, and they decide that they're going to move the I.O. drip from the I.O. to the IV site. Um, I like it. Yep. They're like, we want quicker access. We're just going to move this fluid. And at this point, it's at, you know, a, like, full bore, you know, wide open drip. They put it down to almost KVO, more of like a slow drip at this point. Yeah. Just to maintain blood pressure. So Yeah, which is fine. I'm okay with that. So at this point, the only thing I, the only thing I might have done before getting the nitro out would be, you know, while they're administering the aspirin, you know, the EMT can do that. I'd get on the phone and get the doc. You know, yeah. start transmitting my shit. Yep, which which they do, which they do. Um, okay. So they uh, they at this point before any uh, nitro is given, they run another twelve lead. Still AFib, this time with a rate of 121. Um, elevations are as follows. Three millimeters in one, three millimeters in AVL, six millimeters in V2, 10 millimeters in V3, seven millimeters in V4, three millimeters in V5, three millimeters in V6. Depressions are now in three AVR and AVF. So we've lost a few but we've also gained elevations yeah. in places. I'd, I'd go with the nitro at this point. Would you, though? Because they they, they still haven't done a right-sided. Okay, yeah, that's fair. At least, uh, so Get that confirmation first. Granted, you don't have an inferior MI here, but I would still do a right-sided yeah, in, in this. That, Especially with, with that much, much issue infarcting, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, there's so much infarcting that this is where you go, let's do... A right side, let's do a posterior, saying, let's do all of them. Um, so the medic leans in, seeing this, you know, uh, second 12 lead, and they, they finally actually inform the patient, like, hey, you are having a giant, massive heart attack. It's cool, we're going to be fine, you're going to be fine, you're doing great, cool. Um, which You're thriving right now. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely thriving. You, you, th- I mean, who can, can say they've been, yeah, right? <laughs> who can say they've been ripped from the grips of death twice? Twice. Right? True. Um, so. If Did you see Elvis? <laughs> I was going to say Magic Johnson, probably. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so they, uh, they proceed with uh, the 0.4 milligram sublingual nitro spray. Um, and he's still, you know, complaining of a constant chest pain. So. It is a, right, it's an all-over chest pain. There's no, you know, like, hey, give me a number, like nothing. I got nothing reported other than it's all over and it hurts. So what they, which which is bonkers, because the next thing was crazy in that they were like, yep, you know, you're having chest, and I guess I can kind of see it now that I'm having the conversation in my head. They were saying, listen, people did CPR on you. That's going to cause pain. But also, you're having this giant cardiac event. That's going to cause pain. Like, I guess they were just trying to inform them of that, why they might yeah. be having pain. And I get that. Are they, are they giving him morphine? No. Nope. The only thing so we don't given, open our narc box. The okay. only thing that's been given so far is one nitro spray, four baby aspirin, and fluid. And gotcha. oxygen. That's it. Um, so, and are we still hypertensive, Dino? We're coming up to another vital sign check. Okay. So he was 155. He'll lose a little bit, but he's still okay. All right. Um, 
so he finally is is starting to have conversation with the crew members and they're like, hey, like what happened before you don't remember anything? And he tells them that, you know, prior to going back into work, he went out for lunch. Um, he was sitting in his car having his, you know, eating his sandwich, having his lunch. And he said he felt very lightheaded and nauseous while sitting in the car. Um, during the period where he mm. was eating his sandwich, he couldn't eat the sandwich anymore because he had uh, vomited one time. He then returned to work feeling mostly normal other than just being extremely nauseous. And now he wakes up here to where he can remember. So uh, they ask for uh, any type of medical history. He doesn't have any medical history. He's not on any meds, and he doesn't have any allergies. So fairly, you know, fairly a good sign other than the giant STEMI that he's having now. So vital signs are retaken. BP is 131 over 78. So, again, not a huge drop. Um, heart rate is 140, still AFib on the monitor. Respiratory rate is now 18 up from 12, regular, no longer shallow. SpO2 Good. is holding at 98%, GCS of 15. They finally take a blood glucose from the EMT, which returns as 298 milligrams per deciliter. Not so, surprised. Right, yeah. not surprised at all. I would expect it to actually be higher. Um, yeah. So is there anything particular that you guys are looking to do for this patient with the findings that you're seeing? So we've kind Some of eliminated man. airway at this point. Like, he's maintaining on his own. Um, but, yeah, some form of pain management. Whether I don't even care what it is. Give him some fentanyl. Give him some it's more. Gonna break, it's going to break the anxiety chain. Damn skippy. Right? The more pain he feels, the more anxious he's going to be, knowing now that he is having a heart attack. And he's going to work himself up into another one. So Yeah, right? Like, yeah, let's, 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 let's put him in his happy place. Yeah. Bingo. You, you know, know with grandma with two pitchers of beer and – you know, little people riding around on ponies, you know. With the alligator and playing golf? Absolutely. There you go. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Don't forget shooter. That's right. <laughs> um, but, no, it, it, it really lends itself. And we're going to talk about why we give pain management at the end. But, yeah, like, there was it, – it almost seems like it was an afterthought. Like, I don't know if it was just not thought of or if they just – chose ah, we don't feel like cracking our narcs today like i don't know well, um and it's not that much when you were saying before that they were giving him all these reasons why his chest hurts how about instead of giving him reasons why his chest hurts say oh your chest hurts here have some morphine yeah. right yeah you know what i'm saying you know it sounds, sounds you. like somebody didn't, somebody didn't want to you know pull the tag off the box and uh, again i can't be sure but yeah it just seems like it was either not thought of or thought of and be like, yeah, but I don't feel like doing that. Right. right. You know, uh, which is really sad because I think pain management, like you say, Gerard is, is a really good opportunity to help out your patient, especially in this. Well, and situation. this man just coded like he's already having the worst day of his life. You know? Yeah. Oh, right. Make him, him feel a little happy. Help right. Um, give him yeah. some ketamine. You know It'll be great. Right. <laughs> I, I would that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I'm just saying, <laughs> give him the happy, you know, the happy hey, dragons in the you. sky. Um, <laughs> So the, uh, the medic at this point chooses to take off the oxygen to see if he desaturates, uh, which ultimate, oh, damn it. Uh, ultimately he does, 
but does not go below 91%. So oxygen is returned, but at this point with a nasal cannula set at two. Oxygen saturations remain above 96% and will hold with the nasal cannula set at two. So I'm, with I'm good with that. Happy with that. I'm good with that. Um, another 0.4 milligrams of sublingual nitro is administered. Again, he continues to complain of pain in the center of his chest. Shocker. S- still no morphine. Still no morphine. Um, so at this point, we're going to fast forward through this call because not a lot more happens. Um, that really Did we like, ever transmit our stuff? Did we ever call a doc? Did we ever start any post-ROSC stuff? Did is, we do anything? Is, this is the second time I've told you they've called a doc. They've <laughs> transmitted it. They're going to the oh, cath That's because he was landing oh. on his place. Oh, that's right. that. <laughs> well, I didn't hear it. Man. You had to switch over channels. No. <laughs> I'm on the wrong frequency. Hold yeah. on. What? It's fine. Um, no, they, they did that. Uh, the intermediate actually did that before they gave all the meds and stuff. Uh, they had the yeah. conversation, said, like, hey, we're coming. They looked at the 12 lead, said, oh, man, that looks really bad. And We'll see you say I remember you saying. Right. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you in the cath lab. Um, okay. Yeah, you missed did, the whole cath lab. He was there, brought, and everything. They did worried. not, however, <laughs> start any of the post ross stuff. Yeah, the, the episode ended freaking 20 minutes ago. Where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly where you were, and you were, you know, sitting there enjoy, enjoying your, you know, frothy, stone-cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin's broken sh- skull IPA. Short. Exactly. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't plugged him in a really long time. I felt like, I know. you know, I we know. needed the ka button for a chance. So, um, yeah. so again, we're going to fast forward because not a lot of stuff happens after this. Um, he remains conscious, alert, or in it times four. Vital signs remain more or less stable. Uh, the lowest blood pressure recorded was 105 over 66, but mostly maintained between the 110 and 135 range systolic. Heart rate maintained between 120 and 145, never converting from the AFib. Um, he was given one more 0.4 milligram sublingual nitro spray for pain. Serial 12 leads are also obtained throughout the rest of, uh, of the transport. I believe there was like eight or 10 of them. Uh, the elevations and depressions all remain. The last 12 lead has elevations of six millimeters in one, barely a millimeter in two, five millimeters in AVL, nine uh, millimeters in V2, 13 millimeters in V10, or V10. V10. Oh. I'm, 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 I'm reading right. past yeah, where new. my eyes are. Uh, 13 millimeters in V3, 10 millimeters in V4, uh, five millimeters in V5, two millimeters in V6. Depressions remain in three AVR, AVF. Uh, the ambulance arrives at the hospital, proceeds directly to the cath lab. They offload uh, to a holding bed there where they transfer care to the nursing staff. So before I give the update, final thoughts from you guys. How did this call go in your opinion overall? Did, did we ever get any, like, do any more history taking other than I don't have any you yeah, know, we really didn't get much history. Any I mean, medications? Did we did anything about no like, meds. was there anything um you know like unusual that day or anything that you know was he in contact with anything that he doesn't normally in contact with or you know all great questions. You know what I mean? Didn't ask because uh, I, I don't. Uh, uh, if they if they asked them, I did not get those answers. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. I think just thinking in my head, 
with everything that was going on, just take a couple seconds and do a Cincinnati because even if he's yeah. got a clot yeah. in the heart, another clot could break yeah. off and go towards the brain. So Absolutely. we could have two different. Um, you got to do those 12 things. leads, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, we've talked on this show before about patient presentations just like that. You know, yeah. having the stroke, having the MI at the exact same time. It's something that you absolutely need to do, you know. Um, I think overall it was kind of chaotic. Yeah. I think a lot of – there were a lot of moving parts, and I don't know – I think once the medic got there, there was a lot of delineation of yeah. tasks, which was good. But I also think that they just didn't – they didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark. Let's put it that way. Like, there was a lot of stuff – that they missed that even if they're not going to do, it wasn't even considered, you know, like again, no ROSC management other than fluid. And we still never gave the morphine, right? No, no, no pain management was given. No amiodarone, no lidocaine, no nothing. Oh yeah. There was missed opportunity. You know, there were missed opportunities here, you know? And I think that's where I don't know what they were focused on because all of the crazy drama was more or less done. By the time my guess is going to be lunch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, I do have an update here on this one. So, kudos to me. Uh, There's a first. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, shortly after the uh, the crew dropped him off at the cath lab, he did end up going up for uh, cardiac catheterization. And he was successfully uh, catheterized and released the following morning. So nice. the man done did made it, even with no morphine or fentanyl. <laughs> he's probably right. still in pain to this day. He's probably, he's, he's probably hugging his little <laughs> bear going, fuck, man, my chest still hurts. Should have given me that morphine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it's it's one of those things, and I, and I kind of wanted to talk specifically about, like, amiodarone because we brought it up and you know, in the ROSC, you know, post-care. Um, it was clearly never given. I don't even think it was ever thought about. Like, there was no indications that they were even hemming and hawing over, like, let's give Amy, let's yeah. give lidocaine, let's give some sort of, you know, anti-dysrhythmic. Um, right. But, uh, but, yeah, so I found some interesting facts about amiodarone and why we specifically give it post-arrest. So a lot of this you guys have already heard, but for those that might not have, amiodarone is a, uh, a class three anti-arrhythmic um, drug. Uh, it blocks potassium currents that cause repolarization of the heart muscle during the third phase of the cardiac action potential. As a result, amiodarone increases the duration of the action potential as well as the effective refractory period of the myocytes or cardiac cells, which just means that elongates between beats, more or less. It draws it out the heart up against the wall and says, don't, don't fuck around anymore. Exactly. So, uh, therefore yeah. cardiac muscle cell excitability is reduced, preventing, uh, and treating the abnormal heart rhythm. So we give it post arrest specifically because they were in some ventricular rhythm, yeah. uh, because we don't want them to go back into the ventricular rhythm. So, uh, one of the things that I found that was kind of cool was after uh, intravenous admin, amiodarone acts to relax smooth muscles that line vascular walls, uh, decreases peripheral vascular resistance or afterload, and increases the cardiac index by just a small amount. 
Uh, administration by this route also decreases cardiac conduction, preventing and treating the arrhythmias. So that's why we give it IV. Uh, right. Amiodarone ultimately prolongs the QRS direct duration and the QT interval. Uh, in addition, a decreased SA uh, node automaticity occurs within the decrease uh, of the AV node conduction. So it, again, it slows down the whole conduction pathway, increasing the length between beats. So this way, like there's no ectopic pacemaker uh, activity. So maybe if they would have given the amiodarone, they wouldn't have been in AFib the whole time. Right. Because amiodarone works on both the atriums and the ventricles. But we'll down, never know. Slows down that conductivity, which is going to slow down that impulse. Exactly. It's like the world will never know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. We will never know. Um, Mr. Owl knows. There, that, that's right. Know. Mr. Owl does know. Um, so, yeah, going into pain management. In this case, we've all said, in length, it's never given in here. Why we give it, I think we've already discussed the fact that, you know, it decreases the excitability of the patient, that anxiety. Uh, anxiety leads to more hypoxia in the heart muscle. It's humane. Right? Yeah. It's, right, exactly. The one thing that we can do that we should be doing really well in this business is making people less suffer like they should not it's have the, to it's suffer the one thing you can actually do and and do well right you know yeah. is morphine really good in mis and stemmies yes it's fabulous that's where mona came from right um yeah. it decreases the cardiac workload it in you know it decreases the oxygen demand of that heart so when your heart is hypoxic it's not going to demand so much so it's it's not increasing the hypoxia. So morphine is great if your blood pressure can support it. But also, I would be kind of on the fence to give morphine here because they never did that posterior right side. So there were depressions in the, um, in the inferior leads uh, through most of this call. There were some elevations in two here and there. So there's inferior involvement. And we have to remember that the left... Uh, coronary artery and the left circumflex do feed portions of the inferior yeah. wall. We just can't but they see were them. also they were also given the nitro, so right. Why not? You know, yes. In the case of we've already jumped that fence with nitro, I completely agree. Why not? If yeah. your if your blood pressure is going to hold, do it. <coughs> um, I probably would have held off on doing any type of med until I got all of my 12 leads and then been like, okay, I'm going to go with, I probably would have still given the nitro, but I probably would have given him fentanyl and fluid. Yeah, that's probably the way right. I would have gone in it's this case. Risk, risk benefit. Exactly. Thing, yeah. You're getting the bump in pressure from the fluid. You're getting the bump in pressure from the fentanyl, but you're holding it there with the decrease with the right. nitro. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's right. playing that. Yeah, so you're playing have that something balance that's going to drop the pressure. Let's not double dose it and go with something a little more stable right. as the fentanyl. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we need to stop being lazy. Gerard is 100% right. Like, there should never have not been a thought process. Like, let's make this guy comfortable. Your as comfortable as fucking I was just about to say that is. You're 40 minutes and you're sitting there. And right. Crushing yeah. 40 chest minutes. pain. Dude. Yeah. 
And again, with, with CPR, yeah. with four doses of electricity, and with a massive MI. You sore. Like, this dude's hurting, and we just was like, no, no, aspirin's fine. Aspirin's fine. <laughs> no, 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 we, we, we weren't like, no, no, we actually said, oh, well, you know, they were doing CPR, so that's probably why your chest hurts. Right. right. Yeah. Like maybe with the pain, too, like, his, it's probably got his heart rate elevated a little bit more. If you give him the morphine, it might calm him down. His heart rate might right. go down a little bit. And exactly. Just, just chill him out. Yeah. It, it, it. It's the anxiety chain, man. Pain causes anxiety. Anxiety squeezes everything, you know, gets everything jacked up. It does. And it sounds like he was... And then it causes more problems. So break the chain. It sounds like he was healthy up until this incident. So imagine that he's scared right now. Damn skipping. Worst day of his life. And, I mean, how many times do we hear from just the world that heart attack kills so many people, right? If you have a heart attack, you immediately go, I'm dead. The normal public doesn't realize, like, there's there's processes that will make me not dead. Yeah. They just go, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. I'm dead. This is it. This is it. Yeah. I'm never going to see my family again, my kids, my wife, whatever, my dog, nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. But you give them that fentanyl, you give them that morphine, That's, they ain't thinking about that right they're now. They're not no. thinking about it. They're thinking, <laughs> oh, man, that feels great. Um, wow. Man. So we brought up right side. We brought up posterior multiple times. So why do we do right side? Why do we do posterior 12 leads? It's been a while since I've done a posterior 12 lead. I just haven't had the need to. I don't know of a lot of providers that do do posterior 12 leads or even where to put them. They're like, Oh, well, what are we even looking for? So that's what I really wanted to talk about because right side, you more or less just move everything opposite. I do a full right-sided, so I literally just shadow everything on the right side of the chest, and I'm still looking for all of my, you know, elevations in my inferior leads or my lateral leads, again, because they're mirroring. They're, they're mirroring. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can be lazy and use V4R. I don't particularly like to use that because it's less information. That's how I was taught. But, before, but yeah, yep, and and it is completely acceptable. I just think you get less information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but a posterior, so a posterior, you can actually do a full 12 lead, or so you literally just put um, one and two, on the tops, like literally just draw a line from where you'd put them one and two on the front and you put them on the back one and two, and then you're going to go four, five, and six. You're going to place underneath the, uh, the left scapula and go around towards six, like the original V six. So that's how you kind of do your, um, you know, your full posterior 12 lead or, and this is the way I kind of do it because it's a whole lot easier, is you can just move four, five, and six, and you make them V7, 8, and 9. Yeah. And so if you can imagine, and I will make a, just because we're talking about this, I will make a post to put on Facebook and, and Instagram so people can actually see the placement. But V7 is placed on the left posterior uh, axillary line. Uh, V8 is placed on the tip of the bottom of the left scapula. And then V9 is placed in the uh, left paraspinal region, which is literally just underneath the end of the left scapula right next to the spine in that little meaty space. Um, When you're looking at a posterior 12 lead, 
you're looking at, you know, four, five, and six, you label them seven, eight, and nine, and you're only looking for a half a millimeter of elevation. Normal 12 leads, you're looking at one or more. For posterior, all you need is 0.5 millimeters of elevation in uh, in these three leads to diagnose a posterior MI. Q waves in these leads also is a good confirmation of infarct, but you might not have them. Typically, you see Q waves with the, with the elevations. Um, and remember, the posterior 12 lead is if you're doing, if your lateral leads are infarcting, you should be doing a posterior just because it's all the left circumflex. Yeah. And that's what's feeding off of the left coronary artery. So this guy, what I'm assuming, I didn't ask um, which specific, like where his clot was, where his blockage was, but you can guarantee it was high up on the left coronary artery because the septal wall gets fed by the left descending, the um, anterior wall gets fed by the left descending, and then the whole lateral wall and posterior wall get fed by the left circumflex with the por- you know with a with the left portion of the inferior wall gets fed by some some of that left circumflex as well and all of that was infarcting more or less so it had to be high up before they split so did you say he just went through a stent or did he f- have a full cabbage i don't know okay. uh the only thing i was told was that he was catheterized so i don't know if it was just stents placed or if he got a bypass yeah. That I don't know. Um, based on the severity, it sounds like it, it should have been a bypass. Yeah. Of course, I'm not a sur- cardiac surgeon, but just You should be. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be. She'd be yeah. so I She could stop working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she could. She could. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, ultimately where the, the really big educational point that I want to hit home on is knowing the anatomy of where the coronary arteries are and where they feed – will allow you to be eight steps ahead of where this patient is going. So knowing like, okay, we have lateral wall, anterior wall, you know, septal wall involvement. It's all of this high stem, you know, left coronary artery. Where does that go next? Am I going to lose blood pressure? Maybe. Am I going to lose my heart rate? Maybe not. But I might, you know, I'm already losing squeeze. I might have to hang a presser. Like, I might have to do AMI. Like, these are things that just looking at the anatomy and taking that time to sit there and go, okay, cool. I'm looking at my 12 lead. I'm seeing stuff. All of those elevations look really bad. But what's actually happening? Yeah. Right? There's still an underlying dysrhythmia. Right. So, like, you know, one of the big things that I see a lot of, like, brand new providers do is they see a 12 lead and they go, okay, cool. There's elevations. And then they throw it away. And that's it. It's like, yeah, you don't have to pick out, is there S waves? Are there this waves? Is there delta waves? Is this, you know, you don't have to do that. Butch will do that. Yeah, he will. will. And he will. Butch Scarboza? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But. Let me know. (laughs) But if you take, like, nothing needs to happen while you're looking for 30 seconds at that 12 lead. And you're going, okay, there's an elevation here, 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 and here. That's what's being affected. Where is this going to progress? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and looking at old 12 leads and going, okay, this one happened five minutes ago. It was four millimeters in V4, and now it's eight. Right. 
in the same lead, like we're getting worse, what's going to happen? Right. And you have a significant period worse. of time before you get to the hospital. So you right. have a lot of time yeah. to be able to do all of these things and check all of these 12 leads. Bingo, you know. Um, and don't forget to label them. If you do do a right side and a, and a posterior, don't forget to label them. That ar- that really helps the docs out. Um, and it helps you in charting. So I've done that where I'm like, I don't remember oh, which no. one was which. <laughs> oh, no. Yep, the one that looks different. That's usually that's the one it. I pick. And I'm like, I think it was this one. I hope. I hope. <laughs> exactly. So anything for you guys to add? No, I think we hit the nail pretty much on the head with pretty much everything. You know, Gerard, do you have anything to add? Yeah, no. I've kind of actually been thinking back to like his initial onset and it's kind of been gnawing at me this whole time. Like, is he a guy that just doesn't go to a doctor and that's why he has no history or is he go to a doctor and then this this just happened as, you know, he got the fucking golden BB. Right. You know? And what is his bill? Because my question was, because our initial rhythm coming out was, did did he ever, I I don't remember, uh, did he ever convert to normal sinus? No. So, so he was sinus tack and then AFib. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was just wondering if you know, maybe, maybe he does have AFib. Maybe he threw a clot. Maybe yeah. that's why we've got this occlusion that's basically stopping the blood flow all over the place. Oh yeah. You got a you got a great look from Ariel. So I'm throwing you macho on that one. Thanks, brother. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's, it's it's just been sticking in my head. I'm like, yeah, I, that's a question I'd love to know. Yeah. And and I think, yeah. it, you know, one of the things that we brought up was assessment, <clears throat> really assessment and questioning. There were lines of questioning that just weren't done oh, dude, here. Once, once I got him back, dude, I, I'd have been fucking chatty Cathy. I'd, yeah. been all, I'd have been up his ass and down one side and up down the other, just freaking bugging the shit out of him. Yep. Tell me know, more. I want to know what he does there. Is it strenuous? Is yeah. Lifting I heavy think a thing? lot of right. it was they got Johnny Whoops with all the sound and the commotion yeah. and they didn't know how to handle that stress factor. And then he codes again. Right. Yeah. And they're like, and then it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so now you are you know? freaking out internally. Like, okay, yeah. this guy is super serious at this point. And I, I mean, mean, he was begin what? with, but right. now he's recoding. So. Right. And, and realistically, we've all had people die in front of us. Yeah. No matter how prepared you are, like, it's still, oh, shit. Your stomach like, drops, everything Right. Clenches. It's that pucker factor yeah. like, okay, What's next? I have to breathe for two seconds yeah. to reset to figure out what I need to do. We all know what we should do, but it takes us a couple steps to be able to do, do it because we're like, oh, shit, what just happened? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And it's I, even harder when it's something that you were just talking to. Right. You know, because it's like, because I, I know, you know, we all know signs and symptoms. We all know, you know what it looks like and, and how to jump on it. But there is going to be those few seconds where your brain is still just saying, this is not happening. Right. Yeah. I was just talking to the motherfucker. It's got to be something. Like I I was telling Turk, I had one lady who had really no complaints. Um, I think, I believe she was just a lift assist at the time. She just slid out of her chair. Um, We ended up talking, talking her into going uh, just to get evaluated Stood her up, sat her right on the stretcher, and then that was it, coded. But she had no difficulty breathing, no chest pain. She looked not sick, had no complaints, but all of a sudden, out of the blue. Yeah. Like that. Boom. So it Duh. happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, it's it's a phenomenon yeah. that no one is built and prepared for. Yeah. It really is. You know? And so yeah. I was looking at yeah, the... Yeah, no, I, I, I had one like that, too, that, that just always sticks in my head. I'll never, I'll, it'll never leave my brain. You know, do diff breather get there? He's, you know, he's breathing heavy, but 
you know, he's talking. He's using full, you know, full sentence. He's talking to me. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, let me get some oxygen on you. And I turned to get the oxygen, and all of a sudden, I hear a thump, and I turned back and look, and he just flopped straight back into the freaking sofa, and his eyes were completely rolled back in his head. Yep, just gone. That happened to me a few and weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like, it was like two or three seconds. Where I was just like, uh, hello. Yeah, it's quick. <laughs> I was yeah, just talking to you. What the yep. fuck? Yeah. You know? So one of the things that I just thought of looking down at the soundboard here was Gerard, you didn't bring it up and I was uh, kind of shocked and surprised that you didn't bring it up, but um, there was no mention whatsoever for at all. Now, 40, I thought about it. 40 but, minutes but, is yeah, on the time. cusp, right? They code. Yeah, I was thinking about it, they, but then I was like, yeah, they're already rolling and the story was going. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. And why, why detract it? <laughs> because it's you. Because you know, you know you me. Do. I'm always going to think of a helicopter. It's I just know. a given. I know. Oh, that's a good point, especially if they got him back and we have good Rosk. At this point, we can Absolutely. meet up with a helicopter and fly right. him out. But at the same point, I do see, like, I, I would see the argument of you're 40 minutes out, which is just on the, the end of the time cusp for this is when you should utilize us. Yeah. We're already in the truck. We could, right. be, we could be there before and you they could. Like a lift time. If, if, right. If you would have called, if you would have called for it when you got there, getting out of the, you know, out of the truck said, Hey, you know, spin us up a bird and we're, we'll get back to you. Yeah. Put them on standby. You know, that's, and one, then just cancel. that's one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one thing. It, it's, it's something else where now you've done all this. You've been, you're in the truck. You've done CPR twice. You've shocked them. All this good stuff. Paramedics is there. Yeah, now you got 40 minutes. What, what are we going to sit here and wait? No, yeah. we're going to go. Yep. I agree with that. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap up with that. Thank you guys for uh, bearing with all of us in our, you know, crazy scheduling conflicts. Uh, hopefully by the end of this month, it goes away. I have been assured that Emily's schedule is going to be freer in July. Kelsey almost tests out in a month, so she should be free. Uh, and then my home buying and selling at the same time has been ridiculous, but should be over shortly. So, yay. Um, and then, uh, Gerard, you're going to be hosting the new bunker, which is awesome. So that, yeah. Yeah. You know, see how happy he is about <laughs> it? He sounds fucking thrilled. <laughs> One more flight simulator. <laughs> so, uh, till next time, guys, thank you for, uh, again, bearing with us, and we'll see you on the 15th. All right, donuts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.